In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. It's time to get happy. Harvesting happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen. A fresh talk radio approach promoting happiness because happiness is a choice. And happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show, Harvesting Happiness. Lisa's going to shine a light on the well-being and global human flourishing by presenting a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. And as a filmmaker, psychologist, author, professor, and motivational speaker specializing in the field of happiness, Lisa Cypress-Kamen is widely recognized as an expert in the field. In the show, she'll also focus on military families, service personnel returning with PTSD, traumatic brain injury, and civilian life reintegration issues. So let's get to it. Harvesting Happiness on Togginet.com. And now, here's your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining the show today. Um, I'm here to talk with you today about the very serious business of happiness, well-being, and human flourishing. You know, authentic happiness is not selfish, egotistical, or narcissistic. The achievement of a happy life is not only good for us, but really good for those around us. Sustainable happiness is important because it not only elevates our own well-being, on a local level, but also contributes to the collective flourishing of humanity on a global, uh, global scope. In short, happiness matters, and happiness comes from the heart, and this show is all about the heart. Harvesting happiness is also about cultivating emotional and social intelligence, using positive psychology strategies to increase self-mastery, improve performance, and deliver engaging guests who demonstrate the best evidence-based practices for happy lives. And with that being said, I want to bring on our guest today, Sandra Beck. Sandra Beck is the owner of Motherhood Incorporated. She is a talk show host here at TogiNet. She's got two shows of her own. And I would love to welcome Sandra in the house. Hi, Sandra. Hi, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me today. Oh, gosh. Well, I am so grateful to you for being here. And since we are headed into the Thanksgiving weekend, and you and I had talked about carrying on the concept of gratitude, which was what our show was about last week, and gratitude and a close cousin of gratitude is cherishing. And with that, I wanted to just tell you how much I cherish you as my friend, as my colleague, as my mentor, and how you have really helped me um, bring my work to a new level. So I wanted to say thank you from the bottom of my heart and wish you a beautiful Thanksgiving in advance of this weekend. Can you tell us a little bit about Motherhood Incorporated and, and how you got here? 
Oh, Lisa, you know, thank you for that. It's it's amazing how, um, you know, when we learn to cherish ourselves, how we become overflowing with love for others. Because when you were saying that, my heart was pounding. I was I was just I'm so thrilled. I mean, I'm so happy to be you know in. I'm so happy to have you as my friend. And you know, I don't even know how to say it back, but right back at you, sister. <laughs> Well, tell t- tell me tell us about you because really this hour is uh, about you and I together and happiness, but it's really about showcasing you and who you are and what your gifts are to the world. So, go for it. Okay. Well, um, you know, I I was educated at Northwestern University. I'm an undergraduate in journalism and my master's in business. And I spent about ten years with little things called careerlets. And um, I was a journalist. I worked for Disney. I taught at USC. I was an executive at Coldwell Banker. And what's funny about it is that I never really found my place in the world until I um, I had a my first child who was born premature and it was very difficult for me to go back and forth to the hospital and run you know this company in Beverly Hills and really I was pulled in all these different directions and and what was going on in my life at the time was that I was trying to be all things to all people and um, I came home one day and I thought to myself, how do I make this work? There's got to be other mothers like me who want to be there for their families, who want to have a different life. And and um, so I, I quit my job. I came home and I thought long and hard about what I wanted to do with my life. And I realized I really did, despite my high education and my, my corporate goals, I really wanted to be there for my family. And um, so I started a company. Motherhood Incorporated, where I am the internet brand strategist, and I use all my collective talents to build people's presence on the web, both in their personal and their professional lives. And I decided instead of trying to bring people into a company or an organization and pull moms from the homes, I thought, you know what, with the advent of the internet, with the technology that we have today, you know, between our smartphones and our, you know, phone facts and internet, there's no reason why why the majority of this stuff couldn't be done by women working from home. And so I started specializing in hiring women that were out of the traditional workforce. Uh, At first, it was not by choice. So I had a lot of moms working for me that were successful, educated women who had kids with autism, who had kids with cancer, who had elder care issues. They had one or both parents that they were responsible for their full care, and in some cases, both sets of parents. So four parents that they were trying to get to and from the doctors while managing their kids, and they still wanted to feel vibrant and productive in the workforce and contribute to the household income. And then it branched out to moms who chose to work from home, and we recently added with the work that we do, we work for the Food Network, the History Channel, uh, we work for a lot of nonprofit organizations, and um, our biggest accounts right now are actually with the United States military and some military service organizations. So Motherhood Incorporated now includes some guys that work for us, some military uh, men and women, actually, uh, women who are on the home front, and then and husbands and um, some guys who are serving the military that work for me part time. So it's really been it's been an amazing, amazing journey. You know what I hear you talking about is so much about what this show is. 
which is about finding passion, purpose, place, and meaning in life. <coughs> Excuse me. And what I hear you describing is how you really came into your power, how you turned up the volume on your voice and found what makes your heart sing. Absolutely. And, you know, what was funny, Lisa, is, is you know, for the longest time I lived with this kind of preset list of rules. You know, you go to college, you work for a company, you get a job, um, you get your retirement plan in place, you know, you have your kids, you put them in daycare, you know, kind of that 80s, 90s business model. And I was doing that, you know, and I did get married at the, you know, the, the right time, if you will. And I had savings, you know, I'd already prepared for my family. So I wasn't, you know, broke when I had kids. And, you know, I was checking all these boxes, but I I had this unbelievable sense of unfulfillment, but I was doing what I thought I was supposed to be doing, and the one thing I learned is that I wasn't listening to myself. Like, even, you know, when I got married and my marriage did end, um, there was a part of me that was like, hmm, you know, but I'm like, well, but this is what I'm supposed to do. You know, I was proposed to. I was the right age. It was the right time. It was the right boxes that were checked, but I wasn't listening to what was truly going on in my heart. I really didn't even know to listen to myself, which is, I think a lot of women go through that. Well, I think that's a a, a really good talking point is this checklist, this invisible checklist. And sometimes it's not so invisible. You know, we actually write down the to-do list for life. And when we achieve it and it doesn't live up to our expectations or our hopes, then what do we do? And it sounds like you were confronted with that and you went out into the world and made something. You know, you, you made something of it that's positive, that not only takes care of you and your family, but serves so many people and offers a platform for women who are in similar situations to continue to, to, to thrive and participate and contribute to their family and keep their own spirits alive, which is a huge component to happiness. That's a huge component, and that was the one thing, Lisa, that, you know, when we talk about the spirit, you know, that, you know, regardless of our kind of religious beliefs, our, you know, spiritual beliefs, that part inside of us, if it's not nurtured and it slowly dies, you become robotic, and that's really what happened to me, and it really didn't come to light to the, you know, to the birth of my second child, where I was so profoundly dissatisfied with everything, and I looked around and thought to myself, how could I be dissatisfied? I have a beautiful house. I have all these beautiful things. I've got two beautiful children. I'm blessed to have a wonderful, supportive, loving family. I mean, to be fair, my marriage was in the, you know, in the ending stages, but it was wasn't about that and it wasn't about all these acquisitions it was about being true to myself and what was in my heart and as hokey as that sounds that was the big missing piece yes and i think that often comes in transition points in people's lives and there are several of them you know if we're fortunate enough to live a, a good long life i'm sure many of us could look back and say well there was that time when i was 25, and then again, it happened maybe at 30 or 35, and then again, maybe at 40, there was something, some pivotal change, some turning point where um, we had a fork in the road and we chose to go left versus right or right versus left, and that's what made all the difference. And that's what I hear you expressing. And I had this conversation, a very similar one with someone yesterday about the very same thing, the crossroads of life and sort of stepping, stepping into the right, the right place at the right time. 
And that's what it sounds like has happened, happened to you and has blossomed into the beautiful world of Motherhood Incorporated. <laughs> well, pivotal, right. I look at them as pivotal turning points, like when you go on a map and you see these, you know, you can, like you said, you can turn right or left, and you don't realize it sometimes at the time, but these are pivotal turning points in the creation of your life. And that's the operative word is creation. And we're going to go to a break very shortly, but when we come back, I think it would be fantastic to talk about creativity and how creativity and happiness do go hand in hand. Sandra? Yes. Yeah, I would think that would be great. I would love that. Okay, great. Um, I think we're, we're, we're going, we're getting our countdown, and we sort of stopped a couple minutes early, but, you know, <laughs> these are the kinks with a new show. You well, know, this is getting... a pivotal turning point in the show, and now we're going to make a new turn and come back after the break. <laughs> Here's the music. <laughs> <laughs> We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet.com. A part of the grateful good. Join us on Wednesday, November 17th for a discussion with the Grateful Nation team. Grateful Nation brings together patients, families, friends, and staff of Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center to support the quality care and groundbreaking research at the medical center. Through new and traditional media, members of Grateful Nation share experiences, thank our caregivers and researchers, participate in sweepstakes, and gather to sponsor and host events and much more. Being grateful inspires others to be grateful as well. Isn't it time we jumpstart some perpetual gratitude? Visit Grateful Nation online to find out more at www.gratefulnation.org. Have a grateful day. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on toginet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the million-dollar mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the million-dollar mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet. The show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen. 
Welcome back, everybody. I'm here with Sandra Beck of Motherhood Incorporated. And before the break, Sandra and I had begun to speak about creativity and happiness. And we'd like to pick up where we left off to talk about creating the life that you love. Sandra? Well, Lisa, you know, it's so funny you talk about creativity because I never... I never really thought of myself as a creative person, and people who know me now, you know, laugh and go, oh, my gosh, you're wildly creative. And when I first started forming motherhood, I, you know, was afraid, and I went back to my traditional roots. I'm like, okay, how is a company structured? You know, we have payroll. We have all these, you know, different things, and we're going to have timesheets and all this stuff. And, you know, I was looking down at my paper planner, and I was like, oh, this is the reason I left corporate America. You know, one of the reasons is, you know, to have the freedom to create something. And all of a sudden, it hit me, and I was like, wow, I get to create this. You know, this is my own company. And sure, I'm subject to, you know, California law, and I'm subject to certain business restrictions, but the day-to-day operations, I could be creative. You know, do I have timesheets? Do I not have timesheets? How do I hand out information? What kind of people do I choose? I mean, it was really fun. It was intimidating, but it was fun to go, wow, I can actually create something that not only serves me, but serves the women and then the clients who choose my company. And that creative process, you know, it was wild. It was, it was almost out of control. I would find myself <laughs> dreaming and thinking, like, all these things, like, what if I had realistically no restrictions? What if I had no boss? What if I had nobody telling me what to do? And, you know, it was so exciting, and then I completely froze. Yeah, the, well, the, because then the fear creeps in. What if I fail? What if I can't live up to my own... Uh, expectations. What if I don't get my to-do list done? And those are all really positive, uh, uh, not really positive, scratch that. Those are all very possible, but they're also very self-limiting in terms of in the belief department. You know, they we, are. They are. And, you know, yes. when you when you let those what ifs, you know, nobody goes like, what if I'm wildly successful? What if this company takes off? You know, we don't go there. I, at least I don't. I mean, I don't know why we do. You might have more insight into why we dear, you know, kind of veer towards that negative. Um, but it's, it, it happens. It was it was like this balloon that was getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and then all of a sudden it just went like, and it was mostly all within me, too. That's the funny part. Well, you know, I think uh, well, from what you're saying, what I, what I hear and I also know from myself is sometimes it's, it's the lack of belief in oneself. You have all these ideas, the creativity is flowing, you're in the moment, and then you, you realize that you're in the moment, which stops the flow, and then you're like, well, what if I can't do it? Which is, which is nonsense. We are only limited by ourselves. You know, I, I often hear um, coaching clients say to me, but I don't have the money to do this or I don't have the money to do, to do that. But you, we may not have the resources to, you know, financial wherewithal to do certain things that we want to do. But we have, um, we have many resources beyond money to get the job done. 
Well, and that's like, you know, when we talk about creativity, you know, I used to think creativity was just like for jewelry designers or interior designers or book writers, you know, and all these people that are creating, creating, creating. But when you're starting a company, like if you, you know, want to put yourselves or the listeners want to put themselves in my shoes, you know, years ago when I formed this company, it's like my mother was very sick with stage four breast cancer. I had just had another baby. I had was dealing with the issues from my first baby that was premature. I had my second baby early. My marriage was completely falling apart. The economy was dropping right and left. And you think to yourself, what kind of idiot starts a company at that point in their life? I'm just getting over postpartum with my second child, and I was completely freaked out about everything. I didn't know where to turn. I'm living far away from my family, moved to a new community, you know, all these different things. But that's when... You have, first of all, you have nothing to lose at that point because you're already, like, way down at the bottom. But <laughs> you you get creative. You know, and I started making trades in the beginning. I have some lovely friends uh, in southern Canada who are web designers. And I said, look, you know, if you help me, you know, put my website up, I will write these things for you. And, you know, I traded a business plan. I wrote a business plan. I used the skills that I had, my traditional business skills. You know, I wrote a couple business plans for people in exchange for things that they would do to help my company. And what was funny, Lisa, is that when I left my old position um, in Beverly Hills, you know, I was so nervous about starting my own company and everything was falling down. It was just raining all over. Everywhere I turned, there was a rainstorm. And all of a sudden, I looked at the phone, and the phone rang, and it was my first big client, and this was a national client, and my hands were shaking, and I was like, they want to use me? You know, they want to use me? They want to use my company that's, you know, stitched together with, you know, bits of yarn and, you know, old fabric, you know, anything I could pull in, and... I don't know what happened at that point, but my voice became confident, and I said, absolutely, we could do this job. And I really had no idea how I was going to do this job because I didn't have my whole company infrastructure in place. But I turned around, and I looked at these two little babies, and, and I went, you know what, guys, we got to eat. we got to make a life for ourselves, so I need to get over myself, and I need to get down to business. And from that point onward, um, I still use those creative outlets. I'm a really big proponent of trade and trading services where we can because collectively we're stronger. It's so true. And what you're talking about is known as social capital. It's what what we don't have in green, we have in connection. And (laughs) you're a huge example of how you put your social capital to work. And it wasn't just to serve yourself. You know, you were you were in turn paying it forward to others. And that is the beauty of getting to reinvent ourselves, getting to redefine who we are as people, which can come at any age and at any time. And the the fear that you experienced, I would venture to say was also, in looking back, probably one of your greatest allies. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. I mean, it's channeling. You know, my mom used to tell me as a little girl when I was afraid or I was nervous to clean, <laughs> you know, to clean and kind of get that energy going and get, you know, get moving, get up, get moving. And I took that same application to the creation of my company. And every time I get nervous and afraid or, you know, I'm worried about finances, you know, which we all are in this market, and we're worried how we're going to do this all as mothers and friends and, you know, company owners and all the different hats we wear, um, to get busy. And it's so important to keep moving because I think sometimes, I mean, it's good to be still, and I do meditate every morning, um, you know, to help center myself. But if we keep moving and we keep um, experiencing new things and we keep doing good things. Like that's the one thing that I really, I, I would love for everybody to, if you take one thing away from this show, is to give outwardly, to give back, however you want to put it. But it's really great to make money and nobody will deny that. It's really great to look at things, like I look things on the web and go, hey, I was part of that. Or I see something on TV and go, you know what, I, I was part of that. And that's all really good. But at the end of the day, to be able to create a socially conscious company and to be socially conscious ourselves, I mean, one of the things that I require when I take on a new coaching client, and everybody who's worked with me knows this, is that they're expected as part of their coaching program to either choose a charity, start a charity, or get involved with something that they don't get paid for. Because it's really easy to get caught up with, you know, I need, I need, we all need, and that's true. But the true satisfaction of doing things comes from those things that which we don't get paid or that we don't get honored for. And those are kind of the hidden secrets for me as a company owner and as a mom to do something to make a difference, and it's just between you and your higher power. You know, that's a very, very good point. And it also comes back to the scientific research on happiness that um, clearly states that being of service, being of use to others is one very simple intervention anybody can use, anybody. And, and when I say anybody, I mean even somebody who's in jail because I've interviewed people in jail. I've interviewed people on the streets. I've interviewed prostitutes. I've interviewed wealthy people, poor people, famous people, politicians. One of the number one things you can do, just like you say, to elevate yourself and the world around you is serve. And it's it's can be something very, very simple, but it's something that there is no monetary exchange for. It's giving for the pure pleasure of doing so. Well, and Lisa, you put it so eloquently. You know, you, the one thing I love about you is you, you always have the right words to, to, ah. to say something so beautifully. I mean, I'm so clunky. I'm like, but you got to do good things. You know, but it's true. At the end of the day, like when I look at my life so far, and I have a lot more living to do, but the things that touch my heart, the things that when you lay down at night and you, you think about your day and you go, okay, I did the best I could today, so I'm just going to sleep, the things that warm our hearts are the things that last are those quiet things we've done for others that can sometimes make a tremendous difference. And, and that difference uh, leads to our own personal contentment as well. And that's, that's the power. That's the power of giving. That's the power of doing. And oftentimes people ask me, what, what is happiness? And I describe it as the following feeling, and it's very different for everybody else, but I think you'll get the concept. 
For me, it's when the sun is shining on my face and I see my eyes are closed and I see that sort of luminescent orange yellow color through my eyelids and my face is just warm and I think there is not a thing that I would change in the world. I'm aware that things in the world are not perfect, that life is filled with adversity and it is out there and it exists, but in this moment, Everything is right with the world. And those are the kinds of moments that can so clearly be captured uh, from being of service or just being happy. And we are going to be going to a commercial break very shortly. And when we come back, maybe we could talk a little bit about, um, continue talking about loss and how you've been changed by, the, by, by your losses and how it's shaping what you're doing now. Absolutely, Lisa. I think especially in this economy right now and, you know, those shifts that are happening in business and in people's personal lives, I think that's a great thing. Yeah, I do too, because money is a a topic that we often hear about as why people aren't happy. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how. On Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cyphers Kamen on Toginet.com. Okay, we will. We're going to teach you how to tell your money where to go. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on Toginet. Learn how to be a savvy investor from someone who has your best interest at heart. Pam Otten is a financial advisor who loves to help successful business owners and entrepreneurs understand the mysteries of the investment world. And she's not afraid to share that knowledge. Pam is an unashamed Christian and qualified kingdom advisor, which means she's trained and committed to integrating biblical principles into her financial advice. Pam believes investing isn't rocket science. This is the financial advisor who's in your corner and truly understands and cares about you and helping you achieve your goals. Securities and advisory services are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on Toginet. Girlfriended is on Toginet. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, with your hosts, Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. This show is your chance to share, learn, laugh, and connect with other women. The girlfriended principal was born out of loss. Lisa had recently had her mother pass away from cancer, and my mom um, was murdered. A man just walking into a room and started a 23-second shooting spree. I think one of the things we both realized going through those tragedies is that you can be extremely okay and be extremely sad. Check out girlfriended.com. And then be a part of Girlfriended, the radio show, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. You know, your boyfriend or, or your husband or whatever, they don't totally understand that emotional side to a woman like another woman does. And I think that's so important just to have mm-hmm. somebody that you go, she gets me. Check out the website, girlfriended.com. Don't miss Girlfriended with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Cayman on Toginet. The show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now, 
Back to your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Welcome back, everybody. I'm here with Sandra Beck of Motherhood Incorporated. And before we went on break, we were talking about fear, money, happiness, and reinventing your life. And I think we're, we're going we're gonna to stay on the topic because it's a juicy one. Sandra? It is a juicy one, and it's a, you know, and especially the topic of money, um, especially I think sometimes where women are concerned and mothers are concerned, you know, which is really my sphere of uh, influence is mostly with mothers. Um, it's a really difficult topic to talk about, and especially you know, the loss of money, because it's embarrassing. Yes, and, and many of us have experienced uh, losses of money in the past couple of years with the recession, and many of us are in the process of, of reinventing ourselves. And I think it's really important to uh, not make light of the notion of money. Money cannot buy happiness, is what we've been told by, by our, our mothers and our grandmothers. And you know what? What it can buy is comfort, and it can buy peace of mind of our basic needs being met. So from that perspective, it really is important. For the long haul and, and life, overall lifetime satisfaction, money plays a, a lesser role. But it is important. It is important that we have a roof over our heads and clothes on our back, and we feed our children, and we have basic needs, and we can get medical care if we need it. And we certainly have a less stressful or seemingly stressful life. But I will say, having lived in an environment of extreme wealth at one point in my life, that I realized that the more I had, the more stress there was in maintaining all of those things that were around me. And that's another aspect that um, we don't often look at because so, so many of us are hung up in just getting money without really realizing the gifts or comfort that it can buy just for those basic needs. Well, I think, you, you know, you touched on something really important, uh, uh, Lisa. You know, when I think back to, um, you know, when, you know, not to sound overly dramatic, but when my life collapsed, you know, I had a foreclosure. Um, I had, you know, to figure out how to start dating again at 40. And um, I have two little children. And, you know, what came to me fully was, one, how much I didn't truly appreciate the money that I had when I was in, I'm going to say, my wealthy state versus my non-wealthy state, material wealth state. Um, but that money brought also security. And that was the one thing that I really felt the loss of is that, you know, when I was, when everything was more structured and and put together, I could count on income coming in. I knew my basic needs were met. I knew my mortgage was paid. I knew that these things were, were I almost, and I did take them for granted. They were just there. It was always paid, and I, and I really didn't think about it. And in the absence of that security, for the first time since I was probably, you know, 20 years old, I had to turn around and go, I don't know if I can pay for my house. I don't know if I can pay for this car. And then the realization of, I can't pay for this house. I can't pay for this car. And it was very humbling to go into the dealership and turn in my car and to go through a foreclosure. And all of a sudden, that security that I had had was gone. And, you know, to turn around and go, I don't have a spouse to lean on. I don't have someone. You know, my spouse was off with someone else. And I really was floundering around going, where do I turn? I turned to my family. You know, I turned to my spiritual connection. And I got through it. But that fact that money equals security 
um, was really a big eye-opener for me. And then the funny thing happened, Lisa, is that amidst all this loss, you know, I'm, I'm selling things, I'm getting rid of cars, I'm, you know, downsizing, you know, going through a foreclosure, all this stuff. When I had a lot of things, I carried a very high insurance policy because I was so afraid of getting sued. Oh, somebody's going to take this away from me. You know, I have to have this insurance on this place. I have to have insurance on that because somebody's going to take it away. Somebody's going to take it away. Well, you know, in the fire sale that had become my life, um, (laughs) I didn't, I wasn't afraid anymore that people were going to take things from me. And then a strange thing happened is that instead of being so worried about what was going to be taken away, I started giving things away right and left. And what I couldn't sell, I gave away. And it was funny that these things that I was so protective of before, all of a sudden now, were meaningless. And and I don't know if that makes sense to you or is, is, you know, maybe I just went nuts. I don't know. No, I well, to me, it makes perfect sense because I've had a very similar experience in the last couple of years, you know, from extreme abundance, I wouldn't say to poverty, but certainly to in free fall, let's put it that way. And one of the things that I've come to really understand about my own happiness, my own well-being and my own way in the world is that as I lost uh, material wealth or the material happiness, the, the, uh, the tangible kinds of happiness that are external, it, that was replaced with an internal happiness and an internal contentment um, and a will, of course, to survive and thrive that I might not have known that I had the strength or capacity to create had um, the misfortune of the past couple of years not knocked on my door. It's true. It's amazing what you can learn by starting over. It is. It is. And, you know, it brings me to sort of a natural place in our, in our talk about some of the work that we share in common with the military. You do a tremendous amount of work reaching out to the military community with Military Mom Talk Radio on TogiNet. Let's give it a plug here. That's and, a great thing. <laughs> and um, I am focusing a lot of my happiness work or well-being work on uh, returning military personnel who are experiencing issues with post-traumatic stress disorder, traumatic brain injury, and just, you know, reintegrating back into civilian life. And one of the areas that I like to focus on with this work is the concept of from post-traumatic stress to post-traumatic growth. And this is exactly what we're talking about. It's, it's where we arrive from the adversity, where, where we are now, where, where we've landed, not so much um, the mucky stuff uh, from where we came. Well, absolutely, Lisa. And one of the things that has been has been so, I mean, the, the military has been terrific to me, I, I have to say, from the get-go, from the time I was in college and the work I did with them then, and then the, the training that's been provided to me over the years, the friendships that have provided to me. And, you know, on a non-political, you know, platform, the, especially the Marine Corps, has been a pivotal part of my life in making um, – you know, making a difference in my life and allowing me to serve. And, you know, what was funny about the whole thing is that I would work with these soldiers or with these Marines, and, you know, we would go on all these different events, and, and it was a really strange thing for me because here I was in Beverly Hills surrounded by all this wealth and all this materialism and all these goals for money. And, you know, and then I would flip 
the coin and go over to these men and women who served for a purpose, served for a cause, served for a belief, and they weren't getting rich. And, you know, to be able to serve them is such an honor. And to see somebody before deployment and then after deployment and to see that they are different, that there, you know, things did happen to them over there and, and changes did happen, it was Really comforting to me in my own, as you put it, free fall. Not that I'm saying that, you know, what I went through is, is even remotely what it's like going to war. But the principles that I learned from my own um, redevelopment or my own starting over is a lot what our servicemen and women have to come through because they're coming back to the same environment, but they're not the same. Yes, and they're young. You know, the, 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 the soldiers are coming back in their 20s, and they really have their entire lives ahead of them. And collectively, I, we need to help. I mean, that's, that's how, how I look at this work, is it's about seeing these kids, um, you know, mentoring them on to good lives. Absolutely. And, absolutely. And teaching them, you know, that... You know, and it's a tough, it's a, I can't imagine, Lisa, I can't imagine being 20 and coming home and having to start over. And some of our service members, you know, as battlefield injury uh, survival rates increase, we have more and more men and women coming home with profound injuries, whether they're missing limbs, whether they're, you know, have PTSD or a TBI, traumatic brain injury, post-traumatic stress disorder, and they truly need to start over. You know, I feel sorry for myself going, oh, boo-hoo, I need to start over and start a company, you know, when you talk about perspective, you know, how about coming home and starting over without legs or, you know, missing a limb or your family has disappeared while you were gone or disintegrated while you were gone and now you come back to start over. I mean, that's some real starting over. That it, it's serious starting over and serious reinvention of one's life at a very early age, which many of us never have to confront. And so that is, that is a challenge in working with the service personnel, and it's a, a challenge uh, to which I whole, wholeheartedly uh, aim to step up to the plate in, uh, in, in doing my bit. But there were a couple of little housekeeping things that I wanted to take care of before we go to our next break. One is another show that is on TogiNet um, about the boot campaign. And the boot campaign is a new way Americans can show their support for our active duty service members and veterans, and you can find out more about the boot campaign at www.bootcampaign.com. And the show uh, for the boot campaign is on Thursdays at 1 p.m. Central and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on TogiNet. And um, I also wanted to chat about our exciting guest that we have next week, which we will do after the break at the end of the show. But Harvesting Happiness is having some good people on including the one sitting on the other side of the city. They harvesting happiness is having some great people on. It, Lisa, yeah. it's so important what you're doing because a lot of us um, have been raised with the feeling that seeking our own personal happiness is selfish. And one of the things you helped me learn was that it's not. You know, if I'm happy, I can make other help other people increase their happiness. I can help my kids learn how to be happy in this lifetime. And really, that's all we really want. That is all we really want is, is, is a life well lived. And, um, you know, 
being happy is not selfish. We said this in the beginning of the show. It actually, uh, when we are content, we make space for other things to happen. We, we, we make room in our lives to give. We make uh, room in our lives to serve. And it becomes really about the collective good. And with that, I'm Lisa Cypress Kamen. This is Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. And we'll be back in a minute. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet.com. Innovation and insight, problems and solutions, capitalizing on your ideas and efforts. That's all a part of Changing the World One Invention at a Time with Rick Rowe. Thursday evenings at 6, 5 Central on toginet.com. Rick will be sharing stories of innovation, invention, inspiration, and overcoming obstacles with guests who have been there, done that, and are doing that. Rick will be asking the right questions, helping you identify the real problems, and showing you how to act on your ideas by increasing consumer confidence, and more importantly, increasing your confidence to act on your ideas. For even more information, go to thinktech, that's T-E-K, globally.com. Then join us as Rick and his guests teach us how to develop new ideas and create new products, new businesses, new jobs. And together, let's get our economy growing again. It's changing the world one invention at a time with author and inventor Rick Rowe. Thursday evenings at 6, 5 Central on toginet.com. Part of the grateful good. Join us on Wednesday, November 17th for a discussion with the Grateful Nation team. Grateful Nation brings together patients, families, friends, and staff of Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center to support the quality care and groundbreaking research at the medical center. Through new and traditional media, members of Grateful Nation share experiences, thank our caregivers and researchers, participate in sweepstakes, and gather to sponsor and host events and much more. Being grateful inspires others to be grateful as well. Isn't it time we jumpstart some perpetual gratitude? Visit Grateful Nation online to find out more at www.gratefulnation.org. Have a grateful day. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet. The show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen. And we're back. This is Lisa Cypress Kamen here with my guest, Sandra Beck of Motherhood Incorporated, as well as um, also a TogiNet radio show host. And Sandra and I are here to talk to you now about starting over. And Sandra has told us her, her story of the, what I consider the triumph over adversity. And uh, it's a very relatable story for many of us. So Sandra, <coughs> excuse me, talk to us, if you will, a little bit more about starting over. Well, Lisa, you know, it's funny. When we're kids, we listen to these 
fairy tales, you know, and the prince and the princess ride off into the sunset or the knight and, you know, shining armor and we ride off in the sunset and at nowhere in our kind of childhood vernacular are we ever told, well, um, Cinderella got a divorce and uh, Snow White, well, her husband died and... um <laughs> The fairy godmothers had to go off to war, and when they came back, you know, they were completely different. You know, we're, we we don't scare our kids, but we, you know, as as women especially, the stories that we're raised with don't really cover how to recover from tragedy, how to recover from loss, how to recover from divorce, how to recover um, when something happens in your life, whether it's an economic crash or um, it's just something that's happening with you physically, you know, illness, like I think of, you know, the friends and family that I've had with cancer, you know, this, this interrupts that fairy tale. And sometimes the fairy tale crashes and burns. I mean, it's a, you know, 747 going down with everybody in it. And, you know, you're left with this emptiness and there's nothing in these stories that teach us about starting over and um, one of the things that I found in talking to mothers and I have a lot of mothers that work for me and a lot of mothers who write in who are starting over for a variety of reasons and the one thing I want to share with everybody that everybody is scared doing this it's a frightening experience Um, but if you just take small steps each day, you can get through it. And I think if somebody had told me when I was at my ground zero that I was going to be fine and they said just feel that fear and keep working through it and keep going forward, um, I think that would have been really helpful to me because the fear is overwhelming at times. Yes, the fear can be overwhelming and the fear also could be like diesel fuel, you know, that that you... Once you, once you get a handle on it, you can sort of put it into your gas tank and, and, and make you go. It can make you soar, and that is clearly what you've done. And I wanted to ask you to let our listeners know how they can get in touch with you, your websites, if they wanted to know more about Motherhood Incorporated. That would be great. Um, absolutely. There's a blog that you guys can check out called Motherhood Voice, V-O-I-C-E uh, dot com. You can go to my website, Motherhood Incorporated, all spelled out. Uh, if you want to listen to Military Mom Talk Radio or Motherhood Talk Radio, those air on Mondays and Tuesdays on TogiNet at uh, 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time, respectively. Um, and when... When you're going through this process, because that's really what it is, one of the things about starting over, and this is where the fun begins, is that you can now build yourself up personally from square one. You know, you can become the person you've always wanted to be. And it was funny, you know, when I was married, I thought, oh, well, you know, I can't do this because I'm married, or my husband doesn't like this, so I'm not going to do that. And all of a sudden, with with the freedom that came with, my divorce and the freedom that came with kind of purging everything from my old life, all of a sudden it was like, hey, you know what? I can create my own life. I can can be the person that I've always wanted to be or dreamed about being. I can do the things I've dreamed about doing. And in order to do this, though, you do need to let go of the past. You need to let the past be the past. And, you know, I know it sounds trite and and um, overused, but it's true. The future is promised to no one. And 
to try to get into the moment and enjoy the day for what it is, to enjoy the experience for what it is, was something that I had to learn the hard way because I was a big planner. I had my to-do list. I have my checklist. I have my bullet points. I had my day planner. Everything was all planned out. And when everything went sideways, all of a sudden it wasn't planned out and there was a point at which I was sitting down on the floor with the Thomas trains with my three-year-old and my baby at the time and we just built this little Thomas town and it was very profound for me because the act of sitting here and building this little train town that we knew we'd put away later in a box that had no long-term effects, that had no monetary effects, it was just in the moment and it was at that point that I really learned what it was like to live in the moment. Ah, the moment mindfulness. That's a whole other show. We could talk another hour just about that, about being mindfully in the moment. Um, I wanted to chat a little bit about um, cherishing and Thanksgiving um, and, and, and tying it back to these two kissing cousins. And I was hoping you could share with our, our listeners uh, what you're thankful for. You know, Lisa... It's funny, I look at, I actually, you know, my bullet point personality, I have my notes for things I was thankful for in other years, and I have them in my day planner, and I was flipping through them today, and one of the things about starting over is that amazing, humbling process that happens to you, and my wishes this year for Thanksgiving are so different than they were in years past. I am grateful for my health. First and foremost, I'm grateful for the health of my friends and family and my kids. I'm grateful to have people at my Thanksgiving table this year because last year it was just me and my two sons and it was really sad and we had a little chicken and it was just, it didn't feel like Thanksgiving at all. And just to be grateful to be able to eat with people and to have the money to have Thanksgiving dinner, you know, we, money was really tight last year for me and to be able to have that, my Thanks are really simple. I'm thankful for the friends who support me, Lisa, you included, and, you know, Robin and Toginet and, you know, the Anna and Anna Rosa who work with me and my brothers and sisters who are always there to glue me back together when I need it. Um, and for Rick who works for me that, you know, he helps keep me on track so I can do what I need to do. And for the first time in my life, I'm really thankful for my support system. And that's not something I could say years ago. Yeah, I hear you, sister. I hear you. Um, I wanted to just give a little plug to our guest next week before I come back and ask the question I ask every guest about their own personal happiness. Next week, we are going to have Patrick Coombs. Patrick Coombs is an on-fire, authentic, soulful entrepreneur with a love for performing, speaking, and helping. Patrick is an amazing speaker and truly makes an impact on all who hear him. His website is www.goodthink.com. Patrick also has another project that he's working on, which is um, the Might Club. And I'm going to read to you something that he has written. It's in, and it goes like this. We are might. We are might. We play bigger. We are creatives, mavericks, artists, and dreamers. We are here to do great things. You shall know us by our gifts and our velocity. We are might. We are here to call attention to beauty, truth, and aliveness. We are here to wake. We are here to help. We are might. 
So next week, we've got Patrick Coombs, and you can find out more about the Might Club at www.mightclub.org. And Sandra, coming back to you and harvesting happiness and your happiness, can you tell me what is your happiness? Lisa, yes, I can. Um, What is my happiness? I am most happy when I am serving others. And it can be in the capacity of making food for my kids. It can be the volunteer work I do for the military. It can be serving my clients um, to get them to get to their greatest good. You know, it's funny, my name, when you look it up in the dictionary, is helper of mankind. And I took a lot of teasing, Cassandra means helper of mankind. And I took a lot of teasing about that over the years. But really, my personal happiness at the end of the day is in service to others. Yeah, I hear you. I, I, I feel the same way. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you for being a part of this show for showing up in my life when you did a couple of years ago. Um, I've learned so much from you, um, and you are the wind beneath my wings in so many ways, and I've shared this with you privately, and I'm, I'm happy and grateful to be able to share it with uh, all of our listeners today, and I can't wait to do this again with you. In fact, we are doing it again, right? We are. We are, Lisa. You're going to... Lisa Cypress Kamen is going to be uh, my guest on Military Mom Talk Radio, and she's going to be providing lots of outstanding information for our service members and their families about PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress disorder. And I would encourage everyone listening today to listen in because... As our service members come back from war, they are going to be our coworkers. They're going to be our friends. They might be our boyfriends or our girlfriends. And we need to be aware of this situation because some of the estimates are as high as 40% of our service members are coming back with PTSD. And the more we understand about this and we learn from you, Lisa, the better off we are to welcome our service members home. Oh, thanks for that plug, Sandra. (laughs) And (laughs) here are a few thoughts before we part, and these are very simple, and it's happiness is not a destination. It cannot be bought, sold, or traded. Happiness will never invite you to the party. Happiness simply comes down to a choice, to show up each and every day in the world with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. And really, at the end of the day, really what we're talking about is happiness is an inside job. And I know this is something, Sandra, that you and I have have talked about over and over and over again for hours. And um, I believe that the work that you're doing really is an example to all of us about, you know, choosing life, choosing life after adversity and moving forward and and giving, giving from the heart and giving what you can in, in as many ways as you can. And giving from your talents, too, from what you have inside, not just your pocketbook. It's it's giving, giving from your strengths, you know. So thank you for joining us on Harvesting Happiness. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen wishing you kind thoughts, kind words, and kind actions until next time. Have a beautiful Thanksgiving, everybody, and cherish one another. Oh, Lisa, that was perfect.
Thank you for being a part of Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen. We'll do this again next Wednesday morning at 10, 11 Central here on Togedat. For more